Are you tired of unengaging movies and streaming services? Well, come on down to Haunted Films, where we carry the widest assortment of demon-possessed Super 8s, VHSs, and MP4s in the world. Get back that feeling of entertainment jumping out at you through the screen. See us on the corner of Mulholland Drive and Elm Street. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. An opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Go, 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 go. Theatrical releases always get priority. But we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. Wow, that didn't sound good. Welcome, everyone. I'm Bryce Hansen. And I'm da- da- uh, David Day. Uh, welcome to Horror Movie Talk. Uh, check out our website at horrormovietalk.com. Uh, there you'll find links to all of our social media. And we just started our Facebook group, and I feel dumb for not having started that sooner. Dude, it blew up so quickly. <laughs> I was inundated with alerts. Yeah. More so than just with Bugsy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, now it's now but, it's triple. Right. Now it's like Bugsy times three. Right. Uh, we post new episodes every Wednesday, and this episode i'm not gonna beg for apple podcast ratings because we reached our goal of 200 i think we're at 217 now just so beautiful yeah it's just so pretty i'm just a happy camper so (laughs) rocking and rolling (laughs) thanks for everyone that left a rating uh but we do want to plug our new voicemail number the new new voicemail number oh yeah i forgot about because we're gonna yeah Use a number that we can both listen to the voicemail. Switch on. it up on you. So the new number is 682-253-4468. That number again is 682-253-4468. Does that spell anything? Um, it spells two, sorry, it spells 682-253-4HMT. Does it really? Uh-huh. And yeah. I, I would want So if you forget the last three numbers, we got you covered. Remember <laughs> HMT for horror movie talk. So all and you it gotta remember me... is six eight two two five three four. Yes. You just remember that as those numbers and then put HMT on the end. Right. You wanna know how long it took me to find a number that spelled out anything? Yeah, I don't it took a while. Yeah, I, I just I just try and look for ones that have the most of the same number. Right. If there's a bunch of sevens, just go with all the sevens. Right. Right. I would want it to spell out ass titties. Ass yeah. and titties. <laughs> that. Uh, we got a great show today. We're reviewing a many times recommended movie, and I keep thinking that I've seen it before, and I, I have too. not. Yes. I have uh, not seen this as movie. As it turns out, I just saw Insidious right. and and thought, that's sinister and insidious. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and so I was just like, well... I've seen that. Turns out, Sinister I, is a different movie than Insidious. Completely different. It's the training day of Insidious. <laughs> I have a I have a description of of Sinister as if the crow and the nun from the Conjuring universe had a baby. Oh yeah, no, it well, it would be Sinister. It's a lot more simple than that, really. If you're a metalhead, you just 
you you go oh well there's dark throne there there they are okay there's a black metal uh, uh, a black metal band insert whatever it is is this a metal thing yes so uh we're gonna be talking about sinister today uh, we'll start out by giving a brief review and our score for the movie. Uh, we score on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a miserable dredge where it makes you angry that you watched it, 5 being an average film that hits all the expected marks, and 10 being so good it transcends genre boundaries and it makes you cream in your pants. Mm. It has to do that to get a 10. Mm. Um, after we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. And then later on, we'll be... Reviewing our voicemail in a bit we like to call Horror Movie Talk. Horror. Oh, horror. 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 He's saying horror. Horror. You know? Horror. horror. He's, he's saying... Um, he needs to enunciate. Yeah, he's... Horror. Right. So, we watched Shut... Watch Shutter. We watched Sinister, and it was spooky scary. I didn't want to move here. We couldn't afford to live in the old house anymore. Plus, the new story I'm writing is here. Is the story a good one this time? I'm going to write the best book that anybody's ever read. I got a really good feeling about this. (laughs) You gotta be kidding me. Finley hanging out. That's the family who lived here. You think these are serial murders? I don't know. The first one I found dates back to the 60s. The only link between all these cases is the symbol. The symbol is associated with a pagan deity named Bagul. He consumes the souls of human children. I have never been onto something this big before. Early Christians believed that Bagul actually lived in the images themselves and that they were gateways into his realm. Children exposed to the images were especially vulnerable to Bagul's abduction. Sweetheart, what are you doing? Painting. I wanted to paint her picture. Who are you talking about? Stephanie. She used to live here. What's the matter? What's happened? Get the kids. Pack the car. We have to leave here now. Spooky scary. Um, so Sinister is available for streaming on Netflix right now. You can check it out there. I think they have Sinister 1 and 2. Yeah. So if you want to watch them back to back. Sinister is the story of author Ellison Oswald, Oswalt, 
moving to a new town to research his next true crime novel. His wife, son, and daughter make up the most passive-aggressively unsupportive family in the world. <laughs> Unbeknownst to Ellison's family, they have moved into the house of the family whose deaths his book will be based on. Which is a bold move on his part. Yeah. Um, I love... <laughs> A lot of this movie forecasts, like, everything from the very beginning of the movie, and that's one of them, where it's, she's like, don't tell me we moved, we moved like, two, two blocks away from, from the house that this took place in, and he's like... Absolutely not, okay. technically. Technically, we did not move two houses away from the house that it right. happened in. We actually moved into it. Yeah. But he doesn't say we actually moved into it. He's just like, they're there. Yeah. Well, it preface, prefaces that with the cop saying, I can't I can't believe what you did. This is in poor taste. Yeah, he goes, so this, you're like, this whole thing, this being any point in the house, is, re is in really poor taste. Yeah. So it's pretty obvious yeah. that yeah, you moved like, into the house. Oh, it's mm -hmm. the house. And then he looks in the backyard and it's a confirmed... Right. Um, which would have been a nice thing to hold closer to the vest for a little longer. But eh. uh, is it closer to the vest or closer to the chest? I, I mean, they're, uh, it's probably it's basically the same thing. The but I don't know I, I which think, is more I think the vest prevalent. 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 Pre prevalent. Yeah. Prevalent. You think vest? I think I think vest sounds better off your listeners. Leave comments about whether it's <laughs> it closer to the chest or, or closer to the vest. Uh, sinister news is weather weather traffic on the hour. <laughs> sinister is a serviceable average horror movie. It's heavily it heavily forecasts its twist from the very beginning in a whatever you do do not push that button sort of way. I can see why people like this movie and keep bringing it up to us. It's got a distinctive dark tone while still being very approachable for mainstream audiences. Like I said, it's like if the crow had a baby with the nun from The Conjuring. There are, uh, sorry, there were a couple effective jump scares and attempts to create believable relationships and stakes, but um, none of them really, but there's never really a moment that will keep this movie from melding with countless other horror movies in your head, in my opinion. Like, is this, is it distinctive enough to where it's unjustified that this melded with Insidious? For me, it's distinctive enough in the wrong ways. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, this movie did things that made me go, hey, fuck you, movie. Like, <laughs> Well, like really fuck you could, it, like they the execution in a lot of different ways fell flat for me um yeah there's a little bit of like the the let me tell you this movie is as dark as it fucking gets like just visually speaking visually you can't see shit for most of this movie it's so goddamn intentionally dark yeah constantly i was i was asking carrie what what is going on do you know what just happened? She's like, I can't see shit. Yeah, watch this on a high contrast TV. Maybe, maybe spring for the Blu-ray just so you can see stuff because that compression probably does not help things on you, Netflix. You got it. Yeah, you, this is a movie where if you want to see anything, you got to fiddle with the contrast on your TV, and that's number one. And then that's that reminds me of my, why my mom doesn't like the 
the Dark Knight Returns said it's, it's a dark movie. Lots of people say that. Lots of it's, people. It's say a that. dark movie, and I said, "Oh yeah, it's pretty, pretty intense." She's not. No, like, no, it, like li- literally everything is very it. dark. I couldn't see. The, There's not enough light. The parts of the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, see no evil in uh, in Cleveland said th- that same thing of the Dark Knight mm-hmm. um, or of those bat that Batman uh, series. Yeah, and then the other thing that this movie does is. Um, I don't appreciate the exploitation feel of the first third of it. Um, it's really fucking uh, ex- exploitive, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the rest of the movie. Um, it does not live up to. It that does not first... li- It doesn't live up to mm-hmm. the the snuff films, basically right. that are in. The, the snuff, snuff films, films are like super dark and like disturbing and then the rest of the movie is like light and well, crazy. as long as we're not watching snuff films right. i'm okay yes <laughs> like yes there was a feeling of relief as soon as i was not watching a goddamn snuff film yeah i was like oh okay well and that's not what how you want your movies to end yeah and uh and so <laughs> and then the end was just piss poor it's like it just just petered out into nothing <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I think I like the ending. It's it's a little better than any number of routes that you could take. I guess. But um anyways, the yeah, that that being said, all of that considered, Ethan Hawke offers up an excellent performance in this movie. Um especially when he starts going kind of super um anxious crazy. Yeah, he was you know, yeah, he was when he gets really on edge. Ethan, I mean Ethan Hawke's it brilliant actor um right. and uh and you know to be honest um i didn't mind i didn't mind any of any of the acting in in this movie in fact um oh, there's there is one scene that we'll get to in the spoilers that it's I not like, really a spoiler but it's like his... doesn't it isn't really sold or it does not feel authentic at all okay yeah uh, i'm interested to see what that that'll be yeah. i liked his son uh he was he was a good actor he had mm-hmm. a, a, some some parts that really disturbed me and then also the uh the deputy who uh who's from generation kill he's like the the jersey kid from kill, generation kill yeah he's he's also ziggy in the wire season okay two. yeah and also he's um he's in it chapter yeah. two yes he is it's chapter eddie two. eddie Gra- all grown up yeah eddie cochran what something like that yeah yeah I, I do like him as an actor too and and he was he was like maybe the second best part of this movie so yeah no wait which one? I, well i'm sure i'll be corrected on which character in it he I'll, is i'll find out for you um so anyways, I think the the ending was actually slightly better than expected. Um and what what do you give this as a score? Um I'm, I'm sitting at a pretty strong 4 for this one. Yeah. This, yeah, it um really irritated me. Um just because I feel like the premise was good and it was wasted. Like that first part was so weirdly disturbing. Don't get me wrong, I didn't right. like it, right. but I wasn't supposed to like it. Right. Um and uh and so when it didn't deliver on it, I was just like, so you just made me sit through that horrible like now I have that in my head for nothing for like this like you know, like when you see, you know, a porno with a guy and he's jacking off into a girl's face. I'm listening. You know, and and he, and you want those big, thick, ropey, mm-hmm. white 
creamy right. loads, right. big, hefty loads. And then when it's just like a little, a little just like a dribble, yeah, like, a dribble, bleh. you're just like, what the fuck is that? And that's what this was. It was a dick dribble. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I'm, I chose to be a little more generous. Um, I think it's, I think it's a slightly above average horror film. I think it's worthy of note. It's not like a tentpole thing or not something that I'm going to really guide people to, but I think it's not a waste of time. So I give it a, a six out of 10. I mean, yeah, it's just how it strikes you. It's, and this is another thing that's kind of fun about like running a horror movie review podcast or any movie review podcast is you start to, I mean, we've said this many times, but it's worth saying over and over again is like every, it's everything strikes everybody completely, right, completely right. fucking different. <laughs> Some people are coming at you over your score for host <laughs> from last week. Yeah. And I'm just like, <laughs> but also I get it. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, it doesn't, it works differently for different people for different reasons. Yeah. I realized how much, yeah. I mean, one of the things you <laughs> realize as a, you know, professional reviewer like we are is that <laughs> is it's way more subjective than even like you reasonably expect. Oh, yeah. Like, I think I'm pretty smart and like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's all re, it's, it's all subjective, but really there's some things that you can. All right say are objective about quality in there are filmmaking and uh and even it, those are subject it still like. it still doesn't matter it still doesn't matter I, I still am inconsistent with my own scoring from past movies and with like definitely with general consensus it's it's an impossible task but i stand by it like and I've, i think i've narrowed down the reasons why i liked hosts so much mm. I, I stated a lot of them but but really i think the fact that I watched it on my computer screen <laughs> um, at night alone that and am like, we're right in the middle of the quarantine. I've like, I use Zoom all the time. And then I just was in the right mood for yeah. it. Like all those things yeah. got it a couple more points. The than, stars aligned for you. Yeah. And whereas, yeah, I mean, I had preconceived notions going in, yeah. and I had expectations, and they didn't quite live up, and so that made me angry, and blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. Um, uh, Eddie Kasprak. Kasprak. Okay. From, from It Chapter 2. That's who, um, uh, that's, and his, his actual, yeah. the actor's <laughs> name is James Ransone. Is Eddie Cochran? Who's, is that the O.J. Simpson lawyer? Or what's that's, uh, Cochran? Cochran. Um, I can't remember I can't his first remember name now. Um, so that's our score. I mean, you just have to you just have to remember caller six from a couple episodes ago. Is it? Guys, I just wanted I just wanted to say that I agree with David um, when it comes to your your review of Alien. <laughs> it goes on that way, but uh -huh. but you know, some people agree with me, some people agree with mm -hmm. you, and some people think we're both idiots. I <laughs> I just like to troll you with aliens and say it's not a horror movie. Uh, it's my favorite thing. Oh man, we should tell people shirts. Yeah, we're yeah. We want to direct you to our shop on horrormovietalk.com slash shop, I think. Yep. Um and we got new stickers and we got our first t shirt. We got a logo tee for you. It's a goddamn beautiful looking shirt. I, I was worried about like how the how it would turn out. Yeah. It's not worried anymore. Fantastic. Um, the, the quality of the cotton is 
perfect. Yeah. And then the, the screen print itself is thick, <laughs> real thick, white, ropey <laughs> loads of screen printing of ink, ink that, uh, <laughs> that will obviously last a long time. It is top tier shit. Yeah. And I've got my, my dresser fucking full of shirts now. I have no more room to put shirts well, in. Well, as of this episode, I would not be surprised if we're sold out of several sizes. Oh, for sure. We yeah. will. Be. Yeah. You have, you have to get moving on this shit. Yeah. Cause they're, we, we posted on the Facebook group and a lot of people expressing lots of interest in buying them, which, We'll see how many actually buy, but I think like the popular sizes will sell out of quick. So we got a unisex version and a women's version of both black and red. Don't listen, ladies. There is not as many ladies who listen to this podcast as there are men, but we went because I am so sure that because of what I have seen of our lady fans... I am certain you guys will not make me regret my decision of going 50-50 on the unisex shirts or the male shirts and the female shirts. Women, please, d- prove me right on this one. Because I'm. you guys have been so supportive of us mm-hmm. and so outspoken that I was like, we got to go to bat for the ladies. We just got to. Right. And if the women's size is sold out, you, you can still buy the unisex. If you're oh, yeah. yeah. And they're both. Yeah. My wife. Uh, has, my wife has both. Um, so, yeah. Check out Horror Movie Talk Shop. Um, and also, I'm amazed that we haven't. I don't. I know this is annoying that we're talking about our shop and begging for money. But we're pretty excited about the merch we have. I cannot believe that no one has bought the Exorcist sticker yet. I can't either. Not one person has bought the Exorcist. Someone's got to buy the the shirt and the Exorcist sticker. That's like, I'm wondering if people are holding out. Because the Exorcist sticker is probably the coolest looking sticker we've we've ever ever had. Yeah. Yeah. Designed by Dustin Goebel. And he, he like... Yeah, finished it off in a pinch so we could get like the full head. If you guys, of Linda Blair. yeah, and it's worth mentioning that if you buy anything off of our shop that was designed by Dustin, aside from our logo stuff, um, you that you will be supporting Dustin as well. Yeah. Um. Other ways you can support the podcast, just really quickly, you can buy or rent any movie or product on Amazon if you click through the button in the top of our website to Amazon. Um, also, please check out, as we just mentioned, Dustin Goble. He's a professional artist who fucks hard. He also takes commissions for artwork from HMT fans. Contact him at, at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0. That's at D-Goebel-0-0 on Instagrams. Make your artistic dreams come true. Some One of our listeners after they what was it that they mentioned i think we showed them the sticker the exorcist sticker and uh and they're like how can how can i buy this without he they they mentioned like some i can't remember the context of it it's irresponsible of you to sell something that fucks so hard without uh also providing some sort of protection for me yeah so (laughs) so he came up basically with the idea of Dustin Goble slash Teflon Dick branded condoms. Right. Which, which is a brilliant idea. Is a brilliant idea. Uh, assuming we can get Dustin. Have you? Have I you... ran it by Dustin. <laughs> Not a huge fan, but I think we could mostly because I had like his profile picture like on it. Right. Yes. But I mean, we could we could get around Dustin. I can't like, he's imagine not gonna, he, he can't sue want... us if we just say it's DG. You know, D dot G Teflon dick condoms. 
Well, I don't want to. I don't want to get. I don't want to make Dustin mad. He's no. I guess we don't. No, but I, I can't. Teflon but, dick condoms might come. See, I also ran up by him. And he said, like, well, I mean, <laughs> I don't. I don't use them. I go raw dog. Right. And obviously. so it's like, yeah. I mean, maybe he's not the best. Like endorsement, uh, endorsement, of a yeah, or like mascot, right? For for condoms because maybe his maybe dick is naturally saying, Teflon and and his diseases fall right off of it. Well, no, but I mean that, but that's the gold standard, right? Yeah, but that's what you want for your dick, right? And you can't just make your dick Teflon, right? Like, number one, that's like a very expensive procedure and could probably mangle your manhood. Oh, for I mean, for the rest of your life. So I mean, you could get Teflon dick condoms. You know, yeah, and just ease ease on there in there. You can fuck hard, man. And there was an earlier avoid a, diseases. There was a very early episode of horror movie talk where um, we ran an ad for a company that was something uh, Soviet block condoms or something like right. that. <laughs> yeah, they were. Uh, they weren't the best. Surprisingly, you can you can buy custom printed like condom wrappers, uh. relatively easy. Yeah, I don't. It would be really well. Anyways, well, I mean, check out our merch store. Maybe eventually there will be some Teflon dick condoms. I can't guarantee it though. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like, how many people would actually want? Yeah, that would be a premium. Yeah, item. Yeah. Uh, we were also thinking about a HMT branded butcher knives, right? But that would have been like a one off thing and sold it for ridiculous amounts of money to justify it. Yeah, it it would be. Uh, Limited edition. Limited edition. We could sign it or something like that. All right. Enough talk about merch. We could get those. We could get like HMT branded edible underwear. Mm. Yeah. Sabrina, don't just stare at it. Eat it. You'd have to tell them to eat it. Mm. Mm. Uh, or HMT branded Tums. Like get rid of that gas. <laughs> you know. <laughs> what? <laughs> We're always belching. Doesn't oh, help with burping? No. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I've never taken... I, I don't take drugs. <laughs> All right. Let's get into spoilers. Spoilers. So, yeah. Um, get, I'm, I... I had to take my shirt off before we started. Yeah, now you got to put it back on. Put it really back cold. on now. Yeah, you were right. That thing just—it sh- is. I keep that vent closed at all times because it is a chilly, like a blizzard inside yeah. this room. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> so, what do you got to say about Sinister? Um. Yeah, I mean, it's really there's a lot of mood in this movie. The kids would call this big mood. Or, right? I, I you know, don't know. Like the kids say. Um, it starts out with a Geiger counter sound, so you know it's going to be dangerous. There's a lot of, like, the um, the sound design in this is kind of weird. It's it's very much spooky spooky sounds. Yeah, it's like a cat walking across a, the, the inside of a piano. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, bling, and bling, like bling, bling, bling. Like you said, it's in the set design. I mean, it's very much spooky house syndrome. Uh, with the set design, very dark. Like when they were at the dinner table, it really reminded me of Hereditary. Yeah, because it's very like looks like it has mood lighting from a nineteen seventies 
bar this was the, the darkest damn house on the planet earth <laughs> i don't know how they selectively lit all yeah. the all the walls <laughs> i love and how you none of the interior of the room who all right here's a question this only happens in horror movies who goes out in the middle of the night wandering their halls with a flashlight i don't i do not know doors are closed turn on the fucking hall light it's just a... Just turn on the light. Yeah. I mean... What are you doing? I don't know. I, Maybe the previous murdered family just took all the light bulbs with them. Yeah. You know, that's a good point. I didn't even think of that. Why didn't when, I when, think when do you that? ever use a flashlight in your house? Even in an attic, you're going to have a light bulb, right? Uh, it's a little bit more questionable. With a, with a little bit more questionable, but houses at, built after the 1950s, like... You're going to have a light, like a lone light bulb up there. Mm, I mean, t- technically, I, I think it's, I think it's scarier to have the lone light bulb, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm dead serious. In terms of, in terms of set design for a horror movie, right. what's scarier? Seeing a pitch black attic where you can't see anything, aka sinister, or having a single light that lights things from one angle all the way around. And so there's tons of shadows, there's tons of, you know, you got boxes in the way that there's a shat, you know, I don't know. Selective lighting is better than pitch black where you literally can't see what's going on. Yeah. The the other part about the sound design that was a little distracting for me is that the first, he's watching the first, all right, so let's let's set it up. So they move into this house. Wait a minute. No, you, you've missed the very first scene, the oh, opening yeah, yeah, yeah. scene. The opening scene is probably the most impactful. So it, it just opens with a home movie like a Super 8 home movie, and a whole family of four, assume, you assume it's a whole family, yeah. uh, of four, mom, dad, two kids, they're standing underneath a big old tree branch with a with nooses around their necks and hoods on. David's got to dial in the AC for himself. It is chill. Man, you're, you're worse than my wife. How so? Just swinging temperature. Are you going through menopause? You getting hot flashes? No, I don't think so. <clears throat> so, you shot a bunch of ropey loads. <laughs> they're under the tree, and then a on the opposite side of the tree, a big old branch falls, and you realize that there's kind of like a pulley system, and, and it's all kind of going in real slow mo. Yeah, and the tree branch on the other side falls down, and a rope is tied to it, and then it lifts up the family um, by their necks. By their necks. Until they are dead. And uh, very, it's pretty subtle because you see from behind the tree, like like one of those tree saws is thrown off to the side. And you realize, I had to rewind it like a couple times and I realized like, okay, from the beginning, there's a saw that's sawing into this branch. Right. And I didn't even notice yeah. that it was there or the movement until after the tree branch fell. I was right. like looking at the people hanging there and expecting some kind of movement or something yeah yeah it's 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 real it's a fucked up way to start a movie yep and uh and the first third of this movie is all of that yeah just uh real stuff you don't want to see so much (laughs) yeah and um and then it jumps to ethan hawk's character moving into a house the house where the, the murder house the house the murder house 
um, moving into this house and revealing that he's an author of true crime and he had a book a couple books ago that was a huge bestseller and made him famous. And he's always tracing, chasing that dragon now. And uh, apparently the cops don't like him because he wrote how corrupt they were uh, in a couple of these books. Yeah, in the movie. Yeah, in the movie. In the movie. Yeah, movie cops are corrupt. Right. Um. So yeah, these cops were sitting outside his house, and they were like, "They're good old boy cops." Yeah, but definitely. But, but the the two the deputies that were there were like, "I was thinking of getting his right. his signature on my book." And the and the sheriff shows up, and he's like, "Are you fucking joking me? Get the fuck out of here!" And I wonder then, how many cops actually read true crime. Like, I think they. It'd be like, um, yeah, yeah. The person that works at Baskin and Robbins, they probably don't eat ice cream ever. Like they're well, they got they got I their that, fill of it. I think that's probably. I don't talk think that's, to anyone that works that has worked at Baskin Robbins or an ice cream place. Really? Yeah. What? Imagine associating the taste. I think and a more smells. apropos example would be like somebody who works at Taco Bell eating Taco Bell all the time. Because well, yeah, ta- I mean, there's nothing. Like, overwhelmingly delicious about Taco Bell, but ice cream. Uh, first of all, I disagree. Uh, second of all, I stand by my example, because it is it is one of the most delicious things in the world, and it can become not desirable, because you associate it with work. I, I just can't imagine that. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. I'm telling you, if, you, if anyone That's within the real sound horror. of my voice... Has worked at Baskin Robbins or have Cold you? Stone. Have you? No, I've known a couple people that work there, and they're just like, like, the first question you ask them is like, "Do you get free ice cream?" And they're like, "Ugh, yeah, I guess." I mean, it was great the first couple weeks, and then you're just like, "Well, I'm just gonna gain a ton of weight, <laughs> and I've had everything so many times that it's just, I'm, why bother?" I'm salivating so heavily, I can't even hear you. <laughs> So, I just want some ice cream. I know. I'm, ice cream is my weakness. <gasps> oh, it's oh my, man. Oh. My mom just brought back these ice cream bars that only, to my knowledge, exist in Utah and places other than Washington and Oregon because they don't exist here. They're called creamies. Oh. Have you ever had a creamy before? <laughs> I'm, I'm sensing a trend with this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I've never. I, they take a popsicle. I've never stick. had an ice cream creamy before. You know they take talking. a popsicle stick and put some thick, <laughs> ropey loads of ice cream. I mean, I guess I'm a pretty sick guy. Anyways, I'll, I'll give you one of these. My mom brought like a metric ton of these. She filled up an entire like cooler full of these ice cream bars and had to like. Duct tape the tape of the the top yeah. of the cooler so it didn't pop open. Right. Wow. And we got like half of them. Wow. And they're fantastic. They're like, I had one when I was. We'd always go to Utah to visit grandparents and stuff. And they're they're just the best. Anyways, moving on from ice cream. So they move in. Um, he looks out and he sees the, that the branch is still sitting there. Yeah. That got cut down. Yeah. You'd think it, you know, fall off or someone would just you cart, know, cart maybe, that branch. Maybe over. when they put the house up for sale, you know, they're yeah. like, maybe we should take care of the actual murder scene. Like, yeah, maybe yeah we fuck it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, but it's still holding on with like a fourth of an inch worth of 
twig. Let's like, hold that's out. That's just too. That's too much bother to push that over. I think you're you're forgetting about the uh, the uh, crime scene author market. Right. <laughs> Uh, they, they're just dying to get in this house. And frankly, that'll add some authenticity to the whole thing. Right. So that's, um, that's questionable whether Branch would last. It's unclear of how long it's been since the family was killed. Yeah. We had a patron. I know. That left because of our belches. I know that. Probably mine. Yeah, probably. (sighs) I know, I know that we've voted you know, for it in the past. Listen, I know we've talked about it ad nauseum. Like no. it, but it's the exception that proves the rule, Bryce. I just feel guilty now. Well, it's it. Every time I about belch, you I think can't like, please all the people. One of if these you, patrons is going to leave. Stop belching. There's going to be people who leave because they're like, "Where's the belches?" <laughs> and then, then who will have egg on their face? All right. Can we talk about how comfy those sweaters look on Ethan Hawke? <laughs> Ethan Hawke is a sweater model. Yeah. He's a man made to wear sweaters. Is that like... Maybe it's just the the uh, uniform of an author. Right. You gotta have a comfy sweater. I have a comfy sweater, and I'm yeah, not exactly an author. Yeah. I'm not really a writer anymore. <laughs> just whatever I am. So... I just had to bring up, bring up comfy sweaters, because oh, I was jealous. So comfy looking. Ugh. Um. Alright, so I mentioned it at the beginning, but this is the most, <laughs> the thing that pulls me out of the movie so much is how unsupportive his family is <laughs> to his, to his dreams or to his job. From all appearances, he's the only breadwinner in the family. Not only the only breadwinner, one of the most impressive breadwinners I've ever seen. Like, I mean, when we actually get to see his other house it's like a goddamn mansion and it's it's like a an estate yeah and they're talking about how poor they are right now in the later part of the movie he like says we've never been this poor i need this to happen and you step back and you're like well wait a minute they still haven't sold their other house so they're paying two mortgages i don't know I don't think you'd be able to pay two mortgages if you're really poor. A semi-successful author who's had many bouts on, you know, daytime television, um, you know, uh, and he's he's doing okay. Yeah. Uh, poor is such a relative thing. Right? Yeah, but anyways, his, his family is like... There's poor, and then there's the people who can't <laughs> afford the extra OR at the end. There's just poor people. Yeah, lot, lots of the members of the family. I think each one individually, in turn express expresses displeasure with like how much of a failure he is hey, pretty much fuck you dad it's like whoa hey what wait what? like why do we have to move here well i'm writing a new book yeah but why did you have to move here couldn't you just write something else he's like i don't think you i don't think you get how this works <laughs> i chose this thing this is the something else and then yeah, he's talking about how he needs another hit. That's like kind of the the only real development or the only real theme outside of snuff films in this movie is that Ellison's um, career is on the line because he needs another hit. Yeah, there's a... And he craves fame. There's an interesting, um, like, character build effort happening in this movie where, where they do... A decent amount of work to show that 
Ethan is an imperfect person. Ethan Hawke's character is an imperfect person because he says he's an author for the love of the story and for getting justice, for, for getting justice and not at all for his own fame. Right. And then there's these scenes where he'll be sitting there watching these video, these, these videotaped VHS interviews that he's clearly self recorded or recorded himself of him on TV, like real. And he'll watch him and he'll, and he's like reliving his, his fame days where he's, he's like, I'm not here for the money, you know, that kind of thing. So there's an interesting effort going into like setting up the dichotomy of him being an imperfect person grappling with his, his own sort of problems. Yeah. So, and that was one of the most interesting parts of the movie to me. I was like, he's becoming a character now. Yeah. It's okay. The, the, this gets to my least favorite scene of the movie or the one that feels the most unreal was the conversation he has with his wife in bed about this, where she basically, she goes, um, he's talking about how he, sorry, I just had a little bear pen. Excuse me. (laughs) He says, I need another hit. And then her response is, what if that was your 15 minutes? Like, what if that, that, what if that was it, honey? And not in like an upset way or like a digging way, but literally like they're trying to sell it as I'm super supportive. Like I, I want to support you in your dreams, but what if let's temper your expectations? What if you're, that was a fluke and you're not actually that good. Right. And then she, and then, so that's, first of all, it's a little like, you're going to sell this as like a supportive relationship at the beginning of the movie that supposedly will devolve, but you're starting out with like, yeah, I'm supportive, but mm, you're really going to do that good again. And then it goes to the next, like a couple lines later, she goes, um, if this goes sour, I'm leaving you basically. She's like, you know, if it doesn't work out, I'm going to take the kids. And she doesn't move. actually say that, does that? It, does she? Like She, she says, "I'm if but, this goes bad, but I'm, in going, earnest? I'm going to take the kids and go live with my sister. Yeah, but does she mean it in earnest or is it a joke? Because Carrie and I will say this shit to each other all the time and it's meant, it's, no, it's it gets in, each other laughing. It's in earnest. Wow, because I he don't says, remember that. Because he says, yeah, that makes sense. It's And this is like... I don't remember what? that. I'm like, what? Like, this conversation is not realistic at all. Because, number one, you care about your spouse. Yeah. And you're not going to cut them down in the most extreme way of, like, you know that thing that you have fame for and you identify yourself? That's why I'm here. Where you value yourself? That's why you got access to this pussy, bro. Um, Maybe... Maybe you're just not good. And also, if you aren't, bye. Maybe you should do something else. And if it doesn't work out, this whole thing is in jeopardy. You can say goodbye to this, Michael. (laughs) And and all the... Say goodbye to these. All the reactions from Ellison are 
Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's okay. Well, it's yeah. Well, I'm. It's gonna go fine. It's potentially someone, a writer or a storyteller who doesn't have a real strong grasp of relationships, uh, who wants to set up stakes. You know, in yeah. in a relationship, and they're like, "Well, bitches be shopping," you know. So I guess we just gotta make this bitch a real bitch. I cannot cannot imagine a more um weighty and dramatic conversation than saying if this thing does not happen i am going to take your children and take them Mm -hmm. away from you oh so i can live with my family away from you oh yeah i mean uh no i understand that makes sense yeah (laughs) exactly i mean uh i would like to (sighs) boy is there any room for any room for a debate on this sweetie is it would you say there is? This is, it's either they, <laughs> no, I, I don't understand where, how you can approach that scene and, and make it not like the most extreme, like gut wrenching and well, good night. Cause his response, the line is like, it's not going to go sour. Yeah. And he, the way he delivers that line is he just leans into her ear and says, it's not going to go sour. Like, don't worry. It's going to be fine. Not like if I was reading that on the page, I would be like yelling it. Look, it's if, not going to go sour. Well, if it happened in my bed, I'd be like, you can get out the fucking house right now, bitch. <laughs> go. You're a trifling whore. Whore. Oh, whore. 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 All right. Um, Carrie, look forward to your uh, comments on that. Um, she gets it. She gets me. <laughs> so that, that scene really drew me out. Um, and the rest of the movie is really him. Um, he discovers this box, this box of films that wasn't in like the crime scene photos. It just appears out of the blue. Yeah. You hear a big so, bang in the attic and he's like, what the, what the fuck is that? And by the way, Get used to that. <laughs> right. Um, and then, uh, yeah, he heads up there and he finds a box yeah. full of tapes and, and, a, like, and a little uh, Super 8 uh, projector. Right. And he writes down, like, why did the murderer come and put this back in the attic? Yeah. Oh, no. That was a little one. Oh, I'm God. sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> um, and so he watches the first film and it's what we see in the opening shot of the movie. And yeah, it's the, uh, it's the family being hung by, by their necks and the tree. And it's kind of a fake out to where you go, <laughs> you go, I mean, obviously he has to call the police now. Right. And in a, in a shitty horror movie, they'd be like, I'm not going to call the police. I'm going to keep this all to myself, but he does call the police, but then he decides to keep it all to himself. <laughs> What are you saying? Are you saying this is a shitty horror? I'm not saying that. Because huh. um, <laughs> it sets it up that police don't like him because he talked about police corruption and might have been wrong about some things. Yeah. Um, so he's got this box of snuff films, and the rest of the movie is basically him going back and forth between walking down the hallway with flashlights and getting faked out by scares or by real scares and then going back and watching more snuff films. Ugh, the snuff films really took it out of me. It, it was unpleasant. I don't know if I've said that yet. 
Yeah. But I, they were not, like, they were not tame. <laughs> yeah, that lawnmower man, like that one. That I, I jumped at that one. Yeah, I was upsetting. I did not like, I mean, they were all so depressing. Yeah. You know, they were just so real feeling. Um, I didn't like, I didn't like any of them. I mean, it was, I don't even know if they're necessarily real feeling, but it was like, Ugh. it felt, it, it felt like it was breaking the fourth wall of like the horror movie writer or director just saying, I'm going to make you watch this. You, you movie viewer. Yeah. I'm making you do this. And, and uh, Ethan Hawke's character is basically our stand in inside the movie. Yeah. He's like pained to watch it and he's wincing he's drinking but then also you know copying all of them on onto his computer right so um yeah pretty strong imagery and suggestions in these um nothing you know it doesn't it doesn't get like gory or anything but like the implication is that there are people burning to death in a car a family of of people who love each other burning to death in a car right and And there's jesus fucking christ because it's it juxtaposes like family home videos of them like frolicking in a field or like playing in a pool or all that stuff and then fucked up part of this and then snap cut to murder Mm -hmm. violent and murder most foul and then it just keeps keeps going on with those. I think there's is there four or five? Yeah, I think there's four murders um, that happen, and, and they're he's, all he's the fifth one. They're all very similar. Like all the family family members except one is murdered, and so that's kind of a question. Where does that other girl girl yeah boy go? One of the things that kind of pulled me out was in that first movie. It starts the one with the tree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It starts with the film and like the family videos. And it's got this super gloomy soundtrack. I know. Like super like gloomcore yeah. soundtrack. And it's it's within the home movie. It's right. not supposed to be like it's you would call it diegetic. It's like it's happening in the film itself, so the character can hear it too. Right. As opposed to just being the soundtrack of the movie. Right. With that first film, it's like it sounds like it's part of the film which is weird like what who who did yeah, this that, family hire out to that struck me as well st- to score their super gloomy you know well mostly happy family movies yeah it was it was weird there was there was another one where there's a bunch of people tied to a bunch of chaise lounges that are on the edge of a pool and mm-hmm. all the lounges have like bricks of concrete attached to them and then they all just get pulled into the pool one by one it's like gee, yeah good god um, there's a couple fake outs. Um, he's wandering the dark halls and then his son is randomly in a moving box and has a night terror. That was really the, that was the piece of this movie that hit for me. I was like, yeah. what the fuck? Um, that was really upsetting where, cause it was a small box. Like in your mind, you're thinking, what the fuck? Like, you're like, okay, well, Nothing's in that box. Like, I know how jump scares work, and this is just the fake out before the jump scare. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no. This is a, a, you know, 13-year-old child, like, coming unraveling, you know, in a weird way out of a box, and it's just like, ugh. Yeah. Lots of scorpions and snakes found in the attic. 
that there were scorpions. There was a scorpion. Of course, I couldn't see it. <laughs> of course, there was a great conversation between um, Ellison and the and the uh, deputy played by Ziggy, deputy so and so, deputy so and so, where <laughs> he's talking about like how he's hearing he was hearing like footsteps in the attic. And he's mm-hmm. like. Um, snakes but, don't have feet, but there was no one there. And it's like, well, I saw like a snake there. And he's like, mm-hmm, a snake, but snakes don't have any feet. So and you're wrong. Like, <laughs> and he's like, well, I mean, also like a scorpion. He's like, yeah, they, I mean, they have feet, but I don't think, <laughs> I don't think you're going to hear him stepping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was pretty good. I, he, the, the, he played that deputy so-and-so very well. Right. And to be honest with you, if I'm being very, uh, embarrassingly honest, I, I turned to carry about. Little past a third of the way through this movie, and I was like, "It's Deputy So and So. He's he's the missing child." Mm, and that would be a pretty good twist. That's w- and so I built this movie. I was like, "This is this is going to be great because this kid murdered his family." Was all these uh, the one thing that all of these murders had in common was one kid was never accounted for and but the whole rest of the family was murdered and so it kind of started looking like oh well the kid in each of these families was pushed to murder their Mm -hmm. to murder their their family Mm -hmm. which turns out to be true but i thought deputy so-and-so is one of these kids and he's the reason it's happening in this town. And so he's the one he's what the reason he's acting so interested in this, in Ethan Hawke's family is because he's here to do the thing. Nope. No, it wasn't that. I did want, it, was I did a, want it to be that. It was a spooky, scary, uh, Brandon Lee, but ghoul, <laughs> but ghoul, a ghoul, <laughs> ghouls, <laughs> Oh man, do I have Adam, that one? Adam Driver in uh, uh, you know ghouls, ghouls? Damn, damn, I don't have it pulled up. Um, ghoul, <laughs> bad ghoul. Um, I just listened. I just listened to a audiobook about this un, unknown to me. Like one of, I think the title is basically the most meticulous serial killer of the twentieth, twenty first century. And after watching this movie and listening to that book, it doesn't sound like murder is actually that hard. Oh, no. To get away with. I'm sure it's not. Uh, Because I've contemplated it many, many times. Like the the meticulousness of this guy is like, no, he just kind of plan. Okay. Yeah. But he'd like walk out in the open with his victim and just say, well, don't. Scream or anything, or else, or else I'm going to kill you. So, you know, if you want to convince people to be murdered, just tell them that. Tell them what to do. Yeah, tell them what to do. Now take your PPI and then just run away. That's that's it. Yeah. So all these all these kids can run just away. murder their family yeah. and then just run away. Well, I mean, and it really speaks to. Well, it speaks to more than just this. I was going to say it really speaks to you know people are so worried about serial killers. And there's an aspect of them to be certainly worried about. Do not, do not fraternize with serial killers. But, um, they become, you know, typically, or, or many of them become, are, you know, they're messed up in the head. And so they end up leaving calling cards or getting, you know, they, they want something, you know, they want to, right. 
But the real fucked up ones are the ones you've never heard of and don't know anything about. And there's right. plenty of those. Yeah, this is one of those where it was like th- this book that I read. There's a murder in Alaska and um, they just through pretty much sheer luck. They found this guy in Texas. Wow. And they had like nothing on him. But like Texas had, like in terms of probable cause, yeah, it was just all circumstantial stuff. Like he was driving a similar car. Um, they didn't have like the license plate, but it looked similar enough, and it looked like there was some kind of items related to a younger girl or something mm-hmm. inside. But they had no, literally nothing that pointed to this guy specifically killed this girl. Okay, and they take him in. And then pretty much <laughs> he starts confessing wow. to all these murders because he assumes that they have all this information on him from like the stuff that they took or the computers that he they took. And really the, the first thing that he thought that they would know for a certainty, they didn't actually know anything about, but he confessed to it and then he just kind of, it cascaded from there. And so he's, apparently you don't even have to be smart. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, uh. They calculated his, like, the trajectory of, like, his, all of his travels and how far he could travel away from the city that he flew into and back on the rental cars to see where he could, like, perceive, conceivably murder people. And it was basically Alaska, Washington, the entire eastern seaboard. Wow. Texas. Like, I mean, it's just like. I think it was like 37 states. It Pretty prolific. Being. And uh, he confessed to a ton of killings, and then he's like, well, that's just the U.S. <laughs> so well, You guys ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah, um, so how... Okay, so let's bring the supernatural aspect of this whole thing in. Right, so... Um, Ethan, as he's... Ethan's character, as, yeah. as he's researching, he calls up... Um, Oh god damn! I can't remember that actor's name now. Oh, um, the uh, James Ransom. No, James Ransom is the yeah deputy. The, deputy. the other like university professor is played by pff, the guy that played King. I'm, I'm looking it up right now. I'll get you. Anyways, he calls this university professor and he shows him some of these creepy symbols that are in all the videos and um the university professor's like oh yeah that's bagul um <laughs> is it uh michael hall no uh, D- 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 uh fred thompson no no uh vincent d'onofrio that's who it is way down there yeah why is the, he, why is this- the university professor played by vincent d'onofrio he like ethan's character shows him all of these symbols that that's in all of the home videos and oh you mean bagul he's like oh yeah that's bagul yeah he's pretty pretty obscure hard to find he's the uh he's the eater of children yeah yeah so and, uh, and then <laughs> ethan's character why so, what do you think you got so here <laughs> ellison is like eater and then the best delivery the best line delivery of the entire movie for me is yeah of children <laughs> yeah he's like no eater yeah yeah eater of children oh. god damn look at those hot children they're they're physically warm because you're gonna eat them right. you warm them up. right um 
And so you find out it's it's laid out very plainly that there's this Babylonian demon that lives through images and eats children. Possesses people when you look at him. If you look at, uh, upon an image of him or the symbol symbology around him, you have a some percentage chance of being possessed by him that goes up if you're a child. Yeah, and he gets power by either through human sacrifice or by the literally literal consumption of children. Mm. You know. Kids. And uh, so Bagul looks like the crow. Yes. Um, well, I mean, he's got... He looks like... Really, he looks like a black metal artist in... Right. in, in uh, you know, in Google Paint. In, uh, <laughs> in Google Paint. If Google. You use If you use the... Uh, the... Uh, melt function in it or something is this a metal thing yes so the last half of the movie is is basically ethan hawk going crazy um he plays it very well um and really like underlines how desperate he is and how he's like this book is super important and then eventually gets to the point where he's like yeah fuck this <laughs> time to go we're out i'm gonna out. i'm gonna destroy all the pictures of this thing and then we're gonna get out of here and then deputy, and then he gets out of there. They head to, back to their old house. And he's in his old house, and then he's like, does something, and then he starts like feeling woozy, and he looks down in his coffee Hang cup, on. and he goes, deputy "Oh no, so- no!" Deputy so and so calls him, and he's like, "Dude, I'd put it together for you. Have you not figured it out yet?" And he's like, "What are you talking about?" And he's like, "Deputy so and so is like the very obvious answer from the very, be- <laughs> yeah, very beginning." Deputy so and so says. Oh, well, I mean, you know, so every one of these families pr- had lived in the previously dead family's house. So the thing that makes you, that puts you at risk in this whole scenario is have you lived in the house of a family that's been killed? And <laughs> you just did. You just did that. So, so the killer's probably coming after he's you. He's probably coming after you. Hey, can I still get that autograph? Click. <laughs> And so after that phone call, Ethan Hawke realized, like, ooh, I'm pretty woozy. And he looks down at his coffee cup, and it's filled with demon sperm. Mm. Uh, oh, no, ghost sperm. Mm. Oh, baby. Just a taste. Um, it's pretty thick. And then he faints. And then, of course, his daughter comes and kills his whole family. I thought that was so stupid. Why? There's nothing... L- that was so ineffective and boring. Like a little, yeah. oh, your kid's going to kill your family. The kid? Really? I'm supposed to be scared of a five-year-old girl? I mean, it's pretty dark. The thing that was not super effective was like, it shows all the kids of the previous murders. Running around Running in the around house. and poking them like, on the shoulder. We're so spooky. We're a demon. Uh, you know, if you were a demon that ate children, would you really want all those demon, all those children hanging around? Like, wouldn't you just eat them and get going? Why children? Yeah. What's the deal? That's like, a good question. Why? I, That's a good question in general. Just why children? Well, right. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, sinister. So did the end? So the end kind of worked for you? It worked. I mean, it was a. It was fine. I didn't like it very much. Everything everything was forecast so heavily that it's nothing was super surprising. The only thing that was a little interesting about it is that it went full dark. Like it it yeah. didn't didn't give any out, even though there's a sequel, it's like, no, this is this is over. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So I guess that going into it, I knew that there was a sequel, so I assumed it would end in a more Conjuring-esque kind of, kind of way. Yeah. And it did not. Do you like this or Conjuring more? It's been so long since I've seen Conjuring. But I like Conjuring a lot more. I think I gravitate more towards Conjuring-type stories anyway, yeah. so... So, Would you recommend it uh, for people to watch? Um, I mean, if there's a lane of person who I would recommend this to, and I'd know him when I saw him, you know, yeah. I'd be like, you'd probably like Sinister. I think if you like all the Conjuring movies and Insidious and like all that, like this is this would tack on to that pretty well. This is pretty dark. Like this yeah. is th- like the the. It's definitely darker, but it's still within. That kind of accessible realm. Yeah. It's not... Yeah. yeah, for some reason, it doesn't really sell the darkness in anything other than the snuff films, which is kind of hard to met, kind of hard to measure up to that. Right. When you're literally watching... Do you think 8 millimeter was darker than this? Yeah. Yeah. Because 8 millimeter delved into, like... Child pornography and all Well, that yeah, and just, like, where are these videos coming from? Like, yeah. where's the market for this? Right. And you find it. You're yeah, like, yeah, you, yeah. He tracks like, down, Jesus like... Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking of 8mm the whole way through yeah. this movie, and I was like, I can't remember if that, if that was more disturbing than this. Isn't it crazy that 8mm was directed by the same guy that directed Batman and Robin? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, that's nuts. Joel Schumacher directed 8mm. Oh, Joel Eight millimeter and wow, the Batman. worst of the Batman movies. Yeah, now I got to look up that stuff. So that's sinister. Sinister. It's on Netflix. You know, you don't have to spend any money. You can watch. It, it. is rather long. It's like an hour and fifty five minutes. Yeah. So let's move on to horror movie talk. Oh. I love that drop. Whores! All right, let's go through some of these voicemails. We got... Like we've gone through several. How many came since we Let's since the last here. episode? I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. So nine from Bugsy. Um, <laughs> so our first uh, our first caller um, that I'm going to play is Max Allen. You might remember <gasps> Maximus. Yeah, uh, you might remember Max. He's the guy who gave us our intro music. Yeah. So, um, so Maximilian. Yeah, Let's hear here, it. Here's what Max has to say. Hey, guys. This is Max Allen calling from Rexburg, Idaho. Wanted to give you a quick little update. A while back, I was going through a breakup, and you guys were really nice to me and helped me out. And David, specifically on an episode, said that I would find my uh, big titty goth chick to mm-hmm. watch horror movies with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wanted to let you know that I started dating a girl recently. And uh, while she doesn't have big titties and she's not goth, she does watch horror movies with me. Aww. Um, so, yeah, just thought I'd give you that little update. Thank you guys for always being so nice to me and helping me out during hard times. Love you. So she doesn't have boobs, boobies, tits, titties, tickle bitties, uh, <laughs> machines. But that works. I mean, yeah, if you got... You know, the couple that horror movies together 
Yeah, th- thanks. Thanks for calling, Max. And you know, if uh, th- and thank you, f- thank you for all that you've done for horror movie talk. Yeah, Max is a great guy. Yeah, he sure is. Um, so this next caller is a close friend of mine. This is and one of our first patrons. This is uh, Biggin. Biggin. All right. What up, horror movie talk? This is Brad Biggin, i.e., your first patron. And my question for you guys is: I want to know. What horror movie is a one for each of you? I don't think I've heard one that is a one on the podcast, so I need to know which horror movie would you rank as a one? And can I say it's come to taste? <laughs> Just show me one today. Can I see one today? Just show me one today. Um... Yeah, I'm. I mean, I've seen so many like terrible, awful full moon production movies. Yeah, that any one of those like straight to video. Give one, one that's totem, totem. Okay, yeah, there it is. There, there's, there's movies in here. Oh, and the the horrible Doctor Bones. Both of those, <laughs> like, you will not be able to find on IMDb without considerable effort. The uh, the one that comes to mind for me is is a Kristen Stewart movie that called The Messengers. And I fucking hate that stupid, stupid movie. It was one of the first dates I took Carrie on, and it made me look foolish. And uh, and it was bad. It was just bad, 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 bad. Hmm. But the commercials for it were great. Hmm. And I, I fucking hate that movie, The Messengers. <laughs> so there's, there's your ones. Um, See, that's why I'm skewed, because I don't think any... I don't think I can give any, like... Big budget production of one. Uh, if you saw the messengers, you would. All right. Yeah. It's, it's worse than Slenderman. Um, okay. So, uh, here we go. Here's our next caller. Hi. I'd like to talk to you this. Ah, oh, fuck. Wait, <laughs> this isn't the right number? Shit. For a second, I thought this was dead meat podcast. <laughs> Why the hell would you freaking do this to me? You gave me the wrong number. You said that Dead Meat had a freaking voicemail. And so you're telling me it's these horror movie talk guys? I don't even know who the fuck they are. So there's a caller who thought they were calling Dead Meat, the which is a much bigger horror podcast than us. And they're they were clearly disappointed. I'm sorry, mm. uh sorry you got sorry, nameless caller. Yeah, so let's see. Let's, uh, let's, what's our next one? Sounded kind of like Peter Griffin. Yeah, a little bit. What? Under one minute in length? No, I'm just kidding. My name is Angelica and I'm from Vancouver. Just want to say you guys are doing awesome. I'm doing my best to promote you for Apple Podcasts to get those ratings up. Anyways, um, just wanted to tell you guys you guys are awesome. Make my day every Wednesday and, um, have a nice one. Bye. That's Angelica. And yeah, she's from Angelica. here. Yeah. She's like literally down the street. Yeah. Down between, between your house and mine. Yeah. She's like halfway. I think I sent, I think I sent her some stickers or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, wait, wait, I know this. St- I drive yeah. down the street. Yeah. It's like right behind the Chevron or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Angelica, she's a, did I get that right, Angelica? Yeah. Um, she's uh, one of our patrons, and she's one of the people that really went the extra mile for uh, helping us with Apple Podcasts. Her and yeah. Walter. Yes. And um, Kitty. Yeah. So, several people, if I'm forgetting some of you that um, 
told us that they're you know really reaching out to like their friends and family and coworkers to to get us over the top we appreciate it because we're we got uh over 200 and it's going to be a really good look when we uh, apply for apple uh, for uh rotten, rotten tomatoes. tomatoes yeah it'll be great here's our next caller drinking and screaming podcast <laughs> i really love your podcast thank you <laughs> there's uh another 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 wrong call yeah, Wrong here, number. Here's here's uh, one from another patron. Uh, this is Jason. <laughs> hey, it's your patron, Jason. And I, for once, I'm going to leave you a voicemail that's actually serious. Hmm. Um, I had an odd question. You know how the music industry, they have their, like, music awards, and you have, like, the Oscars, you have the Grammys, you have, like, you know, just stuff like that. Um, I was curious if horror films were to have their own, like, award show. I know they did back in 1991 and 1992. They did one, and then they scrapped it after that. What would you name that award? Like, what do you think that award should be named after? So, like, the Oscars That's or all the I Emmys? Know. Yeah. Tony's. What do you think? I mean, Freddy's would be the... No, easiest one. I was going. Mm-hmm. I was going screamies. Screamies. Yeah. Well, later we'll have some creamies after we cut the mice. Um, <laughs> screamies. Um, I, I mean, I think I like it when they're like names, names, like the Oscars, Oscars, Tonys, Emmys, the Jasons. There's like Golden Globes, but it's always second. Mikey's. Second chair. Oh, the, the Mikeys. Uh, no. Uh, no, the Michaels, uh, the Myers. No, I stand by Freddy's. I think that would be a good one. I think that the horror movie, yeah, actually, the, like award show that he's referring to, was actually like either co-produced or or hosted by Robert England. I know. I remember when we were we were interviewing Robert England. I came across that that there was um, some award show back then that lasted very shortly um yeah i yeah here's another one from jason it's your patron jason again i have another question so a while back on i think it was facebook or twitter you had a post that said name the films that you think were the most get the fuck out of the house movies and I'm surprised, now that I think back on it, I I mean, a lot of people mentioned Amityville Horror. I was one of those people that mentioned it. A lot of people mentioned other paranormal acti- uh, like paranormal activity-like movies. I can't believe no one touched on what I believe right now is the best to get the fuck out of the house movie is Arachnophobia. Mm, that's right. Yeah. A really House good point. fucking spiders. That's a pretty good one. That just came out of nowhere. Get the... F- <laughs> also... It goes on that way. Yeah. <laughs> Any Friday the 13th movie, like... Uh, oh, with J- Jason. Yeah, it's um, not like Jason really chases him that far. Yeah, I think he's got a really good point. The the arachnophobia, as soon as I heard that, I was like, that is a good point. Right. That house... But the problem with that house was it was infected the whole town. You know, but I mean, so you definitely wouldn't go in the house because that was like the the dead center. And here is the last one. Here we go. 
Yo, Bryce and David, it's your boy Josh K. Just want to call and let you know you're both a couple of dirty whores. <laughs> nah, I'm totally kidding. No, you guys keep on doing what you're doing. Fucking hard. That's Josh K. He's also a patron. Yeah, thank you everyone for calling the show and for giving us support and for um, memeing us um, yeah. quite expertly. We we sure do appreciate it. Yeah, and you don't have to be a patron to call. And no. we're not just selecting patrons. Like no. anyone that calls, we'll, no, we'll give you a listen. I played, I played all of them except for uh, Sino Evil uh, contacted me one time with a personal question. So I, mm. I called her back. I don't. I'm kind of surprised that we didn't get 15 calls from Bugsy. I am, too. I don't know what happened. Oh, man. I don't know what happened. Maybe <laughs> maybe got off my one number, and there's some... Oh, yeah. Somebody poor, else's... Poor soul in, in Vancouver that got yeah. 20 calls with uh, verses yeah. about horror movie talk. He, he's go- he's going to be recording a song. A prof- he's got studio time booked to record at Horror Movie Talk song that we will be premiering on yeah. horror movie talk in a couple of weeks whenever he gets it to us so yeah. look out for that um so again if you want to call and leave a message the number is 682-253-4468 so please do that we'd love to talk to you on the show this will be probably a pretty regular bit um that's it for today i wanted to especially thank our new patrons since uh it's been a while since we were recorded so I want to thank our new patrons um, since the last time we recorded. We got Carson C., Drake M., Jackal P., and Mitchell B. All joined our Patreon. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And, um, and you know, we are... When are we going to start doing the extra stuff for P- Patreon? Because we we, we're, we're considering <laughs> making more content. We, we make... One podcast every week called the Afterpod that where you know you can hear us uh, talk about our lives, but I think we're well. There's some stuff that I wanted to do for everyone, so yeah. I think we voted in Patreon like what would they would like the most, and and the most voted for item was those Netflix parties. Yeah. So I think let's like decide right now what week of the month should we do those? I think we if we chose like fourth week of the month, we're going to yeah. do a Netflix party and just start planning it yeah because if we keep putting it off it'll it'll take forever we could do let's I do mean, the first week of every month okay so next not this saturday but next saturday uh maybe i don't know if i don't know if saturday's this i don't i'm sorry my daughter's birthday is coming up here so oh. uh, i don't know what that looks like hey, does it have to be a saturday well, anyway, we'll figure it out. We'll post it. I know that the last time we had it, um, Kitty specifically requested a Saturday so she could. Yeah, so that's do it. my daughter's actual birthday, <laughs> the fifth. Well, we'd do it at night, though. Uh, yeah. I guess for UK, I don't know when they'd have to do it. I don't know. We'll figure. Okay, it out. let's do the twelfth then. Okay. Let's say uh, we're planning on doing a Netflix party on the twelfth. We follow uh, us on September of September. Follow us on September 2020. Um, follow us on Facebook. Join our Facebook group. Follow us on Twitter, and then we'll announce um, how to take part in the link there. Um, I think there might be a limit on how many people can join, but I doubt we'll get up there. So thanks for patron patrons. Thanks for everyone that called in our voicemail. Um, again, support the show by going to 
our our uh, website horrormovietalk.com and clicking through the button to Amazon the banner if you're going to buy anything on Amazon check out our shop all the new merch and uh, check out Patreon where you can find some perks um, if you're a big fan of the show um, some bonus content that you might like um, thank you so much and we'll see you next time bye we love you bye Snake. I'm so slithery and sneaky because I'm a snake.